welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and therapist at Still Point. And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point. And today we have a very special guest with us, Lori Karch. She is a licensed clinical social worker. She is an advanced certified Imago therapist and consultant and an Imago workshop presenter. And we are so excited to have her here with us. Thank you for asking me. I'm, I'm honored to be here with you too. And Lori is on this adventure with us today to talk more about Imago. Before we dig into what Imago is, I'm curious, Lori, what brought you to Imago? Um, it's a, a change in my personal life. I had always wanted to have a really happy relationship. I mean, I had a boyfriend in nursery school. Uh, his name was Troy Ashley and my sister called him Trashley. You know, I've <laughs> always had boyfriends and the relationships would last, you know, when I was in more serious dating life in my 20s, you know, about a year, year and a half and they'd fall apart. And when I was 30, I met George and we just connected deeply and were engaged within three months and we got married and we had a great time until we didn't and we started fighting and this was before the internet so I went to the library and I checked out every book on the shelf and started reading uh you know men are from Mars women are from Venus and and I read getting the love you want and everything made sense um, like why all my relationships had fallen apart, what was going on in relationship. It just clicked for me. And I gave the book to George at the time and he gave it back to me with a post-it note saying, not for me. And he'd only read a couple chapters. He hadn't even gotten to the conflict part. And we ended up getting a divorce. I was in New York at the time and I moved back to Indiana to be around my family and kind of lick my wounds and regroup to go back out into the world. And I kept reading the books by Harville Hendricks. And I happened across an Imago therapist who started coaching me when I started dating again. And I was all hot for one guy. And she kept saying, this other guy seems kind of interesting. Tell me more about him. And so she kept redirecting me back to somebody who I didn't think was my type. I was like, yeah, he's nice. And it turns out, you know, he kept showing up. He kept asking me out. We started dating and having a really good time until we didn't. And this time we went to a workshop. We went to an Imago workshop. And when we got back, anytime we had conflict, we'd literally pick up our workbooks from the workshop and start doing the dialogue. And conflict dropped away. And our relationship became really kind of steady and everything I'd ever dreamed of. And I got so curious about this with all the studies and education that I'd done already, I went back to school to get my degree so I could become an Imago therapist because it had transformed my life. So this year, Kevin and I will be celebrating our 21st year together. We both, I think if he were sitting here, he'd say it's a relationship beyond he, what he ever imagined was possible. Uh, I, you know, I just constantly realized that my dream came true. I'm in the relationship of my dreams. And so I, I want to help others find that. I think that it's so cool that one modality has the power to change 
our lives in a way to where we are able to recognize the connection and kind of work through our own stuff so that we can be present with another. And Lori, I think it's so exciting that it's what you always desired yeah. and what you continue to desire and what the, like what both of you were willing to work toward. Yeah. I think it's what we all want. We want to be loved and we want someone to receive the love that we have. And when that doesn't happen, we're in pain and hurting and frustrated and all those yucky feelings. And in going back to what Josh says, Imago is genius in my opinion. I think what Harville and Helen put together will be recognized as a, as a, a, a genius modality in that it's laser focused to help you with your issues and comprehensive. It incorporates so many different theories into one modality, into one tool that will help couples, the attachment theory gestalt you know it's just incorporating so much that it comprehensively helps your relationship and Lori, it's so honoring to have you as our guest about imago because you introduced imago to both josh and i and i agree that it's transformative Mm -hmm. um i have a lot of passion I mean, it changed my life and I see it day after day in my office, really transforming relationships. I don't take credit for that necessarily. I'm just a coach or a Sherpa or a a guide that's going to help you through whatever issues you're having. It, it's really a way of being that, that rewires our brains. You know, our brains get wired up in a way that protects us um, growing up with whatever hurts or wounds or situations that we're in. We learn how to cope. And then we're still doing that when we grow up. In fact, the assumption is that people choose partners who are uniquely able to activate those childhood needs. And when those childhood needs are activated, that produces conflict. And Imago is what teaches you how to talk through that conflict that's stimulated by those childhood needs in a connected way rather than a polarized way. Uh, When we stub our toe, all of our attention goes to our toe and we become self-absorbed and we no longer see, you know, the beautiful ocean or whatever we, you know, like anything nice around us. And similarly, when we're hurt in relationship, we become self-absorbed and we forget how to talk the language of connection. We're talking the language of protection. How do I protect myself? And when you've got two people doing that, that does not bode for a happy, healthy relationship. And if you've got two people doing that over time, years and years, the, the pathways in the brain just really deepen. So Imago helps you jump out of those pathways of protection into connection and relearn how to talk to each other and and how to be heard by your partner. And I think that's such a significant distinction that we come from a language of protection and Imago teaches us how to have 
that dialogue of connection. Mm -hmm. I really like how you said that. Yeah. And the thing that I found like with some of my clients is that because you had mentioned that it is a way of being and like seeing some clients who struggle with the process, like they are not willing to allow it to be that new way of being for them because of that protective piece. It's very, it's very scary to be in love. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to be in a vulnerable place and allow yourself to be loved and allow your love to be sent out with the possibility of rejection. That's scary. And yet this is what we all long for and need. I think we need love. I think I'd be willing to vote that in as a truce, that we need love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I already feel like my mind is like... <laughs> I know, right? Mind blown. Love. Yeah. So, Lori, I think that Josh and I are just sitting in awe right now of how you're explaining this and, like, talking about this. And we, we want to, like, learn more. Like, what other highlights of Imago would you want people to know about? Well, I think one of the first questions people ask me is, what is Imago? Because it's such an unusual word. Imago means image in Latin. And we all have an image of what love is supposed to look like given our caregivers, positive and negative traits. So we have all these people taking care of us when we're little babies and growing up and toddlers and even on, you know, up into our teens and early 20s, we have caregivers. And they have a variety of positive and negative traits. And that creates a template for what love means to me as an individual, as unique to me. So I have this template and I'm going through life looking for someone who matches that template, who has all the positive and negative characteristics that my caregivers had. And when I find that match, I'm automatically attracted to them. And this is the part we don't know how it happens. It happens in the brain. The brain's attracted. And it's that song, Some Enchanted Evening Across a Crowded Room. If your template matches theirs, there's that strong attraction. And then we kind of fall asleep and have this wonderful honeymoon period where everything is beautiful and glorious and pink clouds and we have everything in common you drink water so do i you know it's like it's 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 kind of you know sickly sweet romantic time those we're getting a bunch of chemicals in our brain at that time that puts you know um all those feel-good chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, norepinephrine, and those eventually wear off. And when they wear off, we start seeing, oh, I'm with someone different than me. And we start, we have conflict because we think my way is the right way. So conflict is supposed to happen in relationship. We don't know that. All the songs are written about the romantic period or the you know beginning of a breakup and I'm leaving you. What we say is when you have conflict with your partner, yay, that's good. Now's the time to get to work, to get the healing that needs to happen in your relationship, in your being. So, so Imago is 
that connection, what brings us together, but then it's also a process for what keeps us together, what takes us through the struggle into a more conscious relationship where we're intentional, where we have an understanding of why we're in relationship, what the purpose is. And we get to a place that's real love, true love, whatever you want to call it, which actually we get those chemicals back from the romantic phase, not in the huge dump where we're giddy, but it's a nice, more uh, consistent drip of those chemicals that gives us a sense of contentment and connection. And I don't think people talk about the conflict part. Like we tie more into the romance. There's this assumption that everything is supposed to be good forever. And if it's not good, then there's something wrong with I you. Did, I didn't pick the right person. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. Yep. I can't do it right. Yeah, we love the romantic part because it feels great. Mm-hmm. Does all those feel good chemicals. And we want that again. And we want to circle back. So we might break up when the chemicals start dying off and circle mm-hmm. around and fall back in love with someone else. Or we might leave the relationship and go look for something that brings those chemicals into our brain. If you don't work on the conflict, it will come back to you with whoever you're with. Mm -hmm. So I've always asked myself and my couples, is this the person you want to do the work with? Because it's going to be hard in relationship, no matter what. Unless you're like one of those three, four, five percent people who we never see them in therapy because they're fine and they're happy and they found each other. The other 95% of us that have had some issues and problems, <laughs> we're the ones who need some healing. And is this the person that you want to do that with? Because if not, then it just, you're delaying the healing you go through that romantic phase and the chemicals wear off and then the conflict the exact same conflict will happen in the next relationship Mm -hmm. so a is really helpful for individuals as well oh yeah to start unpacking their relationship patterns to find out what their coping mechanisms are and their defense patterns so they can begin making conscious choices about how they're showing up in relationships Yeah, that right there, like the idea that I might have to relearn how to be in relationship. No one ever talks about that. Yeah, you're right. People come in and say, fix him or fix her Mm -hmm. when they come in with their partnership is like, you need to go to therapy instead of what am I doing to create the situation in the relationship? Right. And so, you know, when a couple comes in, both people are contributing to the nightmare, no matter what the situation is. And to have an understanding that how you're showing up is creating a behavior in your partner, whether that behavior is your partner is shutting down and not talking, that's still communication. They're telling you something. Or if that behavior is creating, you know, loud, noisy screaming and yelling, so, so the, for the individuals, it's not about finding the right partner, although it could be a little bit about that because your picker may be off. You may not be picking the right people, 
but as you grow, your picker changes and you pick healthier people. It's really more about being the right partner. Are you showing up in a relationship? Uh, I think Marion Williamson says this, would you date you? And if you think about that, it's like that's what you need to work on is to be the dateable person, someone you want to be in relationship with. Harville's book, Keeping the Love You Find, I think is my favorite. Well, I know it's my favorite book. It's got the exercises that really work on that personal, individual aspect of how am I showing up and how can I change that, shift that, what, what in me needs to heal to be a better partner. You mentioned a question that you ask your couples, which I think is like a super profound question. <laughs> is this the person you want to do the work with? So often people come to therapy and like, and sometimes they, it's not <laughs> really who they want to do the work with. Be careful when you ask it, because if you ask it in the first session, they don't want to do it with that person because they're sure. in Sure. It, it, it's really a question, like a, a rhetorical question that you're going to ask yourself. Maybe you ask your couples. You have to get people in a place of reconnection. They, you know, couples that walk into our offices are in such pain. Mm -hmm. They're coming to therapy. That's how hurt they are. Therapy is not fun for anybody, right? And yet people search for help because they're in such pain. So if we can get people feeling that connection that they had at one point, they felt connected at one point and they, they miss that, they long for it, they are grieving it. And if we can get them to feel that again and start doing the work of changing their brain at some point down the road, then you can say, is this the person you want to do the work with? And they can say yes, because they've invested enough in this relationship. That's what the romantic period is about. It's investment. It's connecting. It's attaching. And once you go through that romantic phase, you don't want to give up because that was a lot of time to invest, a lot of energy. And so it's connecting people with that sense of, I don't want to give up. I want this to work and I want it to work with you because you're, you're my boo or you're my, you know, honey bun or whatever nicknames you have. It's like, you're, you're my one. And how do we get couples to feel that again? Now I will say the other, the other side of that is people want to feel that all the time. They want to feel that super special connection all the time. And that's not really healthy. That's enmeshment. You want moments of that kind of connection. So I, I think of a string of lights where there's a light bulb and then there's some wire and there's a light bulb and then there's some wire. And if all those light bulbs were right next to each other, it'd be too bright. You need that wire between the light bulbs to kind of appreciate each light bulb. And so when you're on the wire between the light bulbs, that special moment of connection, a lot of people are complaining and saying, we're not connected. You're not doing this right. We're, you know, all the fights are on the wire. 
And rather than focus on being on the wire and not connected, go back and look at the other lights that you've had along the way. Ignite those pathways in your brain, remembering the, the special times, the connections, the moments, and another light bulb will happen. And you just add that to your memories, right? A lot of people will say, we used to, we never anymore. You used to be like this. And they're blaming their partner for not having a light bulb. How do we hang out together, live life, change diapers, go to work, do the grocery shopping, all that stuff while we're on the wire, looking forward to the next light bulb, but remembering all the other light bulbs instead of blaming the partner for there not being a light bulb in this moment. Yeah, and cultivating that memory, I think is so important Yeah, because a lot of times the memory of pain is a lot stronger than mm -hmm. the memory of the joy or the connection. It's interesting how in our brains we experience pain so much more readily instead of cultivating joy. Well, that's how our brain is wired. We have to remember pain so we don't have it again. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking for the scary, dangerous, bad, negative. We're on the lookout for that. We've got, you know, super detectives in our brain searching for that. And in today's world, you know, there aren't a lot of tigers walking around Indiana. So that part of our brain gets a little bored, right? <laughs> we're not looking for things that are literally going to kill us. And who do we have in our sights as our partner? What are they doing? Bad, negative, dangerous, you know, we're, we're wired to look for what they're doing wrong and point it out and try to change it and be scared of it. Look at what they're doing right. And the memory of the joy. I'll share with you one of the wonderful things Kevin said to me. He's not a big talker. He's an engineer. He's German. He's a guy, right? Not a lot of words. Um, in fact, we use that as a joke where they say men have 500 words and women have 5,000. I don't know that it's men and women. I think it's more estrogen and testosterone based. But anyway, we, we have a joke when I ask Kevin a question towards the end of the day and he just grunts. I'm like, are you out of words? And he's like, yep, I've used them all today. So, so he doesn't talk a whole lot these days, but we were getting ready to go somewhere and you know how it takes longer to curl hair and put makeup on. And so he's like hanging out in the bathroom waiting for me. And he's just leaning against the wall, looking at me with this delightful little smile on his face. And I said, what? he said, I think you're the best decision I ever made. I was like, oh my God. Now he's only said that once in 21 years, but I replay that over and over and over in my head and have like captured the snapshot of that moment because it gives me chills thinking about it. Is that not the best compliment ever? So that's what we need to do is remember that instead of get mad like he didn't say it last night. Well, no, <laughs> I may not have been his best decision last night, <laughs> but I was on that night that he gave me the compliment. And the thing I, I hope people can hear is that Imago is not meant to bring, like you said, like the strand of light, it's, it's not meant to have all the lights together. It's not a butterflies and rainbow type of approach or therapy because it, it really does 
challenge a person to look at how they can be more, which means you are looking at those very painful parts. But in hearing you talk about how to really rekindle that connection and how that is so significant to that motivation to look at the painful parts, uh, I, I really do hear that. You're going to be frustrated in your relationship. Wouldn't it be boring if it was rainbows and unicorns and bright lights all the time? Life is about problems and how we approach them and handle them and get through them. Your partner is going to upset you. You are going to upset your partner. There are going to be difficult times. It's learning a language of telling your partner, this really bugs me. Can we do something different? Could you be a different way? In a way that they can actually hear it. Mm -hmm. Because when we complain or criticize or yell, our partners can't hear us anymore. And they're not going to do anything different. So it's learning how to express your frustration, express your criticisms, concerns in a way that isn't negative. So there's zero negativity concept where you remove all the negativity, but that doesn't mean rainbows and unicorns. Mm -hmm. It means how do you use a language where your partner actually wants to make a change about something because they're motivated about why to make that change. When they see the hurt in you that it's causing and the vulnerability um, that it takes to express that hurt, those are the connecting moments. A couple things, like I think the idea of like replaying those special moments over and over for yourself, it is a really good way of recognizing that like there's a part of us that has to assume responsibility for A, how we're showing up, but also like how we choose and what we choose to be thinking about in the relationship. And to that same vein, like the other piece of that is like taking responsibility for how we feel and being able to express that to our partners in a way that, like you said, that they can hear so that the changes that need to be made can. It's a very different approach than just expecting someone to read your mind and just to know and to, well, you change all of this shit or all of this stuff and then I'll be happy. So spot on, Josh, that's exactly what Imago is. And keeping in mind that the template that we're choosing our partner with comes from our childhood. And so when we're picking our partner, we're really, our child is picking, right? So you've got these two little kids in relationship who are picking basically their parents or caregivers. And then we're in that childhood state of take care of me. And you've got two people who are basically three-year-olds throwing temper tantrums in relationship, take care of me. And the key word you said, Josh, was take responsibility. So who's going to be responsible in that moment and shift, shift the dynamic, shift the language, be the parent that takes care of, which isn't the right way to say it. But when you see the wounding in your partner from their childhood, 
you want to reach out and be different and show up for them in a way that you know is going to help heal. And Lori, this is one of my favorite parts of Imago. I, I think it's a complete shift of perspective to see ourselves in that child part and seeing the child part pick our match or our partner and then to see how we have asked our partner to take care of us in so many different ways. And then you have to like process the grief that guess what? You might have to take responsibility for yourself or ask for your partner to help support you in taking care of you. And I think those are such foreign concepts for people. Exactly. And it's the ask is a big thing. Giving language to what we didn't have language for growing up. We, you know, we didn't have the brain development to have the language, but to learn how to ask for what you want and need in a way that makes someone want to give it to you is transformative. Mm -hmm. That is the key to an adult, healthy, happy relationship. Using your words, which is what we say to what, five-year-olds? Use your words, learn how to ask for what you want. You also have to know what you want. And there's that. that, There's that, which is hard for us sometimes because we're just in pain. What is it you want and need that would help soothe or that would be an alternative to this pain? I just want a hug. Okay. Ask mm-hmm. for a hug. And that knowing part, like it, it is raising that level of awareness. Mm-hmm. It's raising the, the level of awareness within the self. It's raising the level of awareness of like why and where you came from. The level of awareness within the partnership. It is that envisioning piece of what you think you need in that moment or what could be possible. My mind's just blown. Like, I know this stuff, but like, I don't know. When you hear Lori just... talk about it, it's like, it's like, oh, what? tell us more. <laughs> Josh, can you tell us how Imago has impacted you individually? I have found that doing the individual work, like we pick better, we pick different as we grow and heal. And, and like, that is so true for me it was very much a process of me healing recognizing what i deserved and learning how to pick better differently that got me into the relationship that i'm in now where things are really good like and being able to have imago as a go-to or as a framework for us to be able to ask for what we need or have those difficult conversations has been really helpful. And I recognized that I picked better when my partner, like six months in or not even, was willing to come to a workshop. I don't know, for me, that was a big deal because that like, oh, they are willing to invest. So yeah, it was validating for my picker (laughs) being better but also the recognition that this is who I want to do the work with well and one of your stretches Josh is receiving 
am I worthy? Can I receive? And that's what I've seen you grow into. And that's what I think Imago can help those, those people that have that wounding of, I don't deserve, right? So I'm not going to pick somebody who actually loves me. I'm going to pick somebody who hurts me or abuses me. And, and when you can start the individual healing and then you pick someone who really does love you, you then have the capacity to receive that. Right. I mean, I use Imago with pretty much every client that I have. I think sometimes I need to get better at the fidelity of it all. <laughs> like following every single piece because I don't always do that. <laughs> I would say that's like a student complex. The way we're raised in our schools is to be right, get A's, get the check mark, and not get a red X. When I'm first with a couple, I will be kind of strict around the structure because you need the structure to, to learn and for your brain to really do the shifting and change. But once you've learned it, then it's, you've, in, you've embodied it. Right. And, and so I, I would give you a pass on being able to incorporate it as you see fit. Not, there, there's no linear necessary, like this is the way it has to be done which it feels like when you're first learning Imago, because there are some steps, but that's for your brain to, right. to learn the structure. Once you've learned it, it, it becomes automatic. You, the automaticity is what you want. You want to automatically mirror people, reflect back what you're hearing, either out loud or internally, right? we have the presence of hearing each other without necessarily actually mirroring as therapists. Can you say that again? We have the presence of mirroring our clients without actually saying their words. It's silent mirroring. It's really about the presence. I'm here with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Now with couples or individuals learning the structure of the intentional dialogue, which is mirroring, validating, empathizing, the mirroring, it needs to be out loud for both people's brain. So the, the person being mirrored needs to hear you're hearing me. And it helps the person mirroring back to get into that part of the brain that requires them to be present. But over time, when you've incorporated this you can mirror silently. This is, might be a little too advanced because I don't want people to think, oh, I can mirror silently. But it's really about the presence. We want to know, are you with me? Are you hearing me? Are you, can you feel me? Do you get me? Do I matter to you? And when you can energetically let someone know that, that's healing. So when you can energetically let someone know that you are present to them, that is healing. The, the act of being present to another human being is healing. The act of being present to another human being is healing. I like that. Yeah. yeah. 
So what's everyone's favorite Imago skill? We've talked about so many of them already. I would say my favorite skill, I mean, it's kind of the whole, it's kind of like the receiving process because it is the mirroring, it is the validating, it is the empathizing. And for me and like my own personal wounds, those are the things that I needed. So I guess in my brain, it's like, that's so important. (laughs) But I really do think that it is really important because like you are, like you just said, like being present for someone is so healing because I think it is such a beautiful way of honoring your partner in their struggle, in their pain. It's a profound act of love for your partner. And as a therapist, I think it's really beautiful to be able to watch those moments. Mine would be zero negativity. It's a very difficult one for me to practice, Um, but I see like a lot of benefit from it because if I can commit to seeing others as like loving, well-meaning, even if they're different from me. So even if I see their wounds or their hurt or, you know, whatever it is that might be um, getting thrown into our partnership, if I can see them in the light in which I've experienced positive things with them, I get to meet them where they are without judgment. And like that has a greater benefit for the relationship, for myself, hopefully for the other person. And it takes a lot of pressure off to not have to fix or do things differently. You have taken zero negativity to the master's level. You're taking it to your thoughts and feelings about people, not just words. Because I think most people hear it as I can't say anything bad. And you're really flipping the script there of like, how do I look at this person with zero negativity? How do I feel about this person with zero negativity? I think that's brilliant. Thank you. It does make a difference. Huge difference. Because I don't want to live in that muck Mm -mm. of constantly thinking like critical or negative or hurtful things about other people. Mine is giving appreciations, which comes right after zero negativity. When you take all the negativity out, what do you put back in? And, And I think when we can give appreciations in a present, consistent way, it's really one of the most magical things in a relationship and can transform a relationship calms that fear of not mattering uh do you adore me do do i make a difference in your world when we give appreciations and they're heartfelt appreciations not necessarily that you took the trash out although i really appreciate that you took the trash out if i can give that appreciation from my heart then that's a good appreciation but i also really appreciate like who you are as a person and these pieces of you. It's very soothing to hear that every single day. It's like a big sigh, like I'm safe in this relationship. Appreciations are the only consistent homework I give clients. Mm -hmm. 
And I find it can be really hard, especially if there's still a lot of pain and hurt. And those are the times that are most important yeah. to do. And this is going back to that self-work, getting your brain into a place where you're out of the pain and hurt and frustration and anger and softening into appreciation. Right. So I'll, I'll share that one summer, Kevin got the weed whacker out and went to town, which was great, except he weed whacked my daisy patch. And I was furious. <laughs> I was so mad. Like, ah. And I had to work into a place of appreciation that day for him. And I, I mean, I was appreciative he weed whacked everything else and some other things. But it's, it's really the exercise of getting myself out of that frustrated, angry, hurt place into the grateful appreciation of who my partner is. And by the way, daisies grow back. We didn't know that at the time, but it was, that was the joke. He's like, will they grow back? I'm like, I don't know. We have to wait and find out now. <laughs> I really like that you share your personal experiences because I think it's really validating that even those of us who practice Imago and our therapists, like it's still a relationship. Like there are still two or more people in a dynamic trying to make things work. Like it's never perfect. I mean, although it can be really good, but it, it's never without its challenges. You're absolutely right. And the, I mean, imagine what it's like being married to all of us that we're the therapist, right? Who wants to be married to us? And what Imago does is it, it gives you the tools that when that conflict happens, when that frustration happens, your brain now knows what to do. So it actually feels safe to have conflict. Like, oh, good. We're having conflict. Let's, let's work through this. Let's grow. Let's figure this out. This is a new thing. Whereas before conflict was really scary because to me that meant the end of a relationship. It was like when Kevin and I first were together and we'd have a fight, I'd be like packing my bags and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we broke up. He's like, no, we had a fight. Uh, I, my brain was wired that conflict meant that's the end rather than the beginning of the next whatever and Imago gives you that safety and the structure. That's where the structure comes in. These, this is the way you handle conflict. This is what you do to unpack it and look at it and heal it. That's one of my favorite things about Imago is that it gives us permission to be different. And it really helps us understand that differences, I mean, if they lead to conflict, then you know how to work through them together. Or when you have differences, it's okay. Like you might not have to have a conflict out of differences. So Harville and Helen call that the other with a capital O and to acknowledge that we are all other, but actually get to appreciate it, to advocate. I want you to be different. I want you to be who you are, to be other and to allow. I think is, is some of what you're saying is that difference, that otherness is honored and highlighted. Mm -hmm. Lori, that last part you said really sticks with me to be honored to as the other, 
and that it's okay that you're different. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. And I see that. And I, I, the advocate is really the, the big piece for me is I want you to be who you are. I want to honor every piece of your difference and, and create space that allows you to feel free to express all of yourself. Because when we're safe and cared for and connected, we are joyfully alive. And that's what that romantic phase really feels like. We kind of show up in that wild aliveness, our complete self. And that's why we fall in love. Because we're actually falling in love with who we are in that state. We like how we feel. And how do we get back to that? We do that by creating the safety for our partner to do that. Because when they're safe and fully alive and all of themselves, every, every little different piece, that brings us joy and allows us to be in that joyful aliveness as well. So Lori, will you participate in a little activity with us? Sure. And so technically, I just used an Imago skill. I had to ask. And Lori accepted. So I would invite for you to share an appreciation about yourself first. And then if you're willing to accept appreciations from Josh and I. Okay. Can I also give you appreciation? If you want to. Okay. Um, I think in this moment, I'm appreciating my brain. I just really have... I, I, I have a brain that thinks and studies and learns and loves it. And with Imago, that's what I've done for 20 years. And I've just really, I like my brain in this moment and its ability to spread this because I, I really believe we can all have the relationship of our dreams. And I appreciate you, Abby and Josh, A, for creating a podcast. How cool is this? And for the ease with which you've invited me, included me, the teamwork that this has felt like. This has been really delightful. Thank you. Lori, I appreciate your passion. You appreciate my passion. And how your passion is spreading awareness and advocating for what Imago can do for individuals and how it can change people's relationships. And I think that's a huge gift to our communities. Thank you. And Lori, I appreciate how you explain things because it, I don't know, it just makes things make more sense and like, and makes it easy to understand which I'm really grateful for and appreciate. Because even though like I talk about this stuff quite a bit, like you have a way of speaking about it and talking about it that is very refreshing. You're appreciating how I explain things. Feels refreshing and um, giving your brain a, a, another way to absorb it. Those are my words. Thank you. 
Yeah, I think I will be listening to this like multiple times because I think there's so much good information in this. As always, we appreciate everyone listening. You can always check out our website at stillpointhealing.com. You can check out our Facebook and Pinterest page at Still Point Healing. And you can always email us with questions, comments, topic ideas for the podcast at so you can heal at stillpointhealing.com. And Lori, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. And until next time. Um, bye. See you later. Yeah, I could do that all day. <laughs>